You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, you're listening to Intuit from Vulture and New York Magazine. I'm your host, Sam Sanders. And I'm here this week to break down some big pop culture stories from the week for the last time in this podcast feed and for this special homegoing episode of Into It. I'm overjoyed to be joined by a most dynamic comedic duo for this final Into It episode, Naomi Ekparrigan and Andy Beckerman, the husband and wife duo, co-hosts of the podcast Couples Therapy. Hello. So glad y'all are here. Hello. Sam, Hi. an honor. An, an honor. honor to be here. To pick the two pop culture is dummies in the world <laughs> for this special episode. See, but here's why I brought y'all. Y'all are going to actually deliver a couple's eulogy for the show. I've got wow. an organ in the back. Okay. We got some programs mm. and fans. There are ushers waiting. <laughs> Sam's face on clouds. On a bed of clouds. <laughs> Can I get an airbrush t-shirt? Into yes. it. 2022 to 2023. <laughs> <laughs> I would buy that T-shirt in a second. Before we get into this show, uh, tell our listeners about your podcast, Couples Therapy. Well, on Couples Therapy, Andy and I, we answer listeners' relationship questions with the help of wonderful guests, comedians, actors, writers, hosts, the lovely Sam Sanders, you yourself, came, and help people get their Trying life. to. It was fun. It was so good. We, we dug deep. We dug deep. Um, and these are not just like your typical questions. These are deep emotional questions. We really yes. get into it. Our listeners are very generous with their emotions, and we try to help them to the best of our abilities, which are... Uh, meager, I would say, because we are unlicensed. <laughs> we are, we are unlicensed. comedians. We I, are was unlicensed. A, I was a philosophy professor, but that's not a therapist. So. <laughs> but here's the thing. Y'all are married and not divorced, so True. you're winning in that regard. Well, you can offer true. more advice than I could. <laughs> well, no, you could, because here's the thing. I think we all have our moral compass, and it's mm. always easier to fix someone else's life than our own. You know what I mean? Like, that I can part. hear something, especially because it's like, uh -huh. you know, when someone asks a question, well, you done gave the answer in half the question. You know exactly. what I mean? You set it Your up. Your question right is the answer. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the hat. Yeah. That's the hat. Well, let's get into it. Um, Y'all's first Intuit appearance will be Intuit's last episode, but it's only fitting that a comedic duo as lovely as you two joins me for this last show. We're going to play a game that we play most Fridays. It is called Intuit or Not Intuit. First question for y'all. First and foremost, uh, it's Britney week. Are y'all into or not into Britney Spears' new memoir, 
the woman in me. I'm going to say into it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> ah. <laughs> you didn't think I was good at it. I did not think uh-huh. you were. In the memoir itself, into okay. it. Okay. And I'm going to say not into it. Wait. That, I know. Okay, but listen, tell but me. listen, but listen. Okay. I want us to leave her alone. I am she now doesn't. the person. She wants to, she wants to move is, units. Uh-huh, <laughs> but does she want to move units? Like, because here's the thing. Brittany, we know Brittany has been through all of it, right? We know she's been all to hell and back. We know yes. this. Yes. The decision to write this book because, you know, she wasn't in control of her own life for so long. Because mm-hmm. she's like ensconced in this Vegas mansion and like can't get out. I never really know if it's her choice or not to put this stuff out here. Or does somebody just tell her to write? Wait, hold on. I just got to ask. You think this is a conspiracy. You you don't think she wanted to do it. You think someone is forcing her. There is some shadowy organization behind the scenes. It ain't an organization. It's her daddy. It's a shadow. (laughs) Her daddy is below her mansion, like living in some subterranean cavern below her mansion. Let me tell you something. Like pulling the strings. I think Britney's free. I think Britney is free. She got her emancipation proclamation in that L.A. courthouse. (laughs) (laughs) She is free. (laughs) And she's like, I need to make some coins. And here's why I think it's all from her, because the daddy doesn't give a damn about Justin Timberlake, but Britney Spears used half this book to drag Justin Timberlake. That feels like Britney. Yes, you're right. You're right. And I'm going to tell you why I'm into it. Okay. This is our generation's The Lord of the Rings. Wait, stop. (laughs) The things Britney has been through. She has essentially gone to Mordor and back. Wow. She has thrown the ring into wow. Mount Doom wow. and returned to the Shire. Uh, that is her story. And this is our story now. It's done. Yes, Mr. Frodo. It's over now. Yo, I wonder if the audiobook of Britney Spears' memoir is longer or shorter than the final Lord of the Rings movie. <laughs> And it should be read it's by Michael longer. Gambon. Should be read well, by Michael Gambon. No. I'm sorry. Guess who read well, this no, audiobook? Yes, Michelle and not Williams. black Michelle Williams, white Michelle White Michelle Williams. Well, that's what Andy kept saying. Yes. Andy was like, Destiny's Child Michelle Williams? I said, no. And I will tell you this. <laughs> Imagine that. I enjoyed the clips of Michelle Yo. Williams reading this book. Yes, there's this clip where she's talking about how Justin Timberlake, from the start, always wanted to be black and would use this yes. like black scent a lot. Yeah. And in the audiobook, Michelle Williams is talking about the black scent Justin Timberlake used for show, for show, when he for met Genuine. <laughs> yes, can we play it, Janae? It is wild. One day, Jay and I were in New York going to parts of town I'd never been to before. Walking our way was a guy with a huge, blinged-out medallion. He was flanked by two giant security guards. Jay got all excited and said so loud, Oh yeah, fauches, fauches, genuine, what's up, homie? After genuine walked away, Felicia did an impression of Jay. Oh yeah, fauches, fauches, genuine. Jay wasn't even embarrassed. Fauches, fauches, genuine. Put that on my tombstone. Fauches, fauches, genuine. How? How many zeros do you think were on the check for Michelle Williams to do this? I bet Michelle did it pro bono. (laughs) And that's not all. So there's more in this book. She talks about everything. She talks about having a two-week affair with Colin Farrell. She reveals that Mariah Carey taught her how to smile for the camera. Uh, she talks about auditioning for The Notebook, and then this week we got actual video of her Notebook audition. She was good. She was good. I told him I'd marry him, and I, and I want to marry him. I really do, but 
then I saw your picture in the paper, and I knew I had to see you again because... She cries effectively. She delivers the words poignantly. I felt it. I felt it. Wow. Honestly, that would have been a much more iconic film to have two Mickey Mouse Club kids. Ryan and Brittany mm. together in a romantic would've story. Loved that. All those would've years later, that. I think that would have been huge for society and culture at large. I think she should have been in every Ryan Gosling film. I think Drive. She should have. She should have been Barbie. Drive. She should have been Barbie. Sam. Exactly. She should have been Barbie. Actually, I might have been more moved had she been Barbie. Right. Because like at this point, Britney Spears, the way she is now, is actually showing the life that most Barbies live in a child's bedroom. (laughs) They've been through it, but they're still there. But they're there. They've been through it. They're dancing with their knives, but they're there. (laughs) They're dancing with their knives, holding on to youth. I've done that dance for now. Literally. The knife dance. I did a little (laughs) sexy knife dance for her. Uh, uh, Back to the Michelle Williams of it all. I know that you wanted a different voice, Andy, but do we accept that having someone other than Britney do the voice was like a clutch move? I mean, it's it's pretty remarkable. I think it works, no? You okay now why do you Or, think or did you want Britney? I wanted Britney. She wanted Britney. This I wanted, goes back to me I feeling wanted, like it was does she want to be doing this? Margot oh. Martindale. Margot <laughs> Martindale should have done it. Here's my thing though. Narrating an entire audiobook is actually intense and grueling work. The amount of retakes and pickups and coaching they do for you to do it. I bet Brittany was like, all right, I talked to this ghostwriter for a few hours. I'm out. (laughs) Yeah. Like, recording the audiobook probably took a week or two. She don't want to do that. But imagine the clips had Brittany read it in her southern accent. It would have made the tea all the sweeter. (laughs) Oh, she is. No, she is. (laughs) Oh, she is. No, she is. Like, it would have made the tea sweeter if we had Brittany telling it like, Jay, especially when she talks about, you know, the cheating on me part. Mm -hmm. Do we think that Justin Timberlake ever recovers? Like, it's not just the faux shiz, faux shiz. She talks in the book about how she had an abortion for him because she knew he didn't want to be a father then he broke up with her in a two-word text that just said it's over also after she had the abortion when she was like in pain trying to recover from it he came over to console her he thought that bringing his guitar and singing to her would be the right consolation (laughs) i didn't hear that part I didn't hear that. Yes. <laughs> Will yes, Justin nothing, Timberlake ever recover? Nothing better than a white man with a guitar coming in to <laughs> sing you a song. Every college party loves that. That's the highlight. And again, as a white man in America, I do think he's done. I do think he's done. There's no way a white man in, in America recovers. There's no way. My thing is like the Foshes, Foshes. That doesn't surprise any of us who knew NSYNC in its heyday, right? Like, for me, Listen, that's not actually what's He had Jerry Curl juice in his hair from the start. <laughs> he was always faking he that bump. He has soul glow. Oh, he, he has really soul glow. He was wet. It gives me a headache <laughs> to hear about this. Also, the imagery of Justin Timberlake trying to console Britney Spears post-abortion with the guitar and his singing, it's giving the Matchbox 20 scene in Barbie. <laughs> 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 That's what it's giving! Yes, absolutely. 100%. She said, I don't know if I've ever been good enough. Stay with us. More of the game with Naomi and Andy after the break. And I don't know if I've ever been. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. 
Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Calling all female runners, it's time to lace up and join Team Milk. Since the 2022 New York City Marathon, Team Milk has sponsored female marathon runners nationwide, providing support and shining a spotlight on their unique stories, perseverance, and drive to go the distance. Why milk? Dairy milk is an excellent nutritional ad for both marathon training and recovery. Milk contains 13 essential nutrients, including high-quality protein, making it a crucial component of a training diet. Plus, it's one of the best beverages for hydration, even better than water. The same electrolytes that are added to many of your favorite sports drinks are found naturally in milk. And in 2024, Team Milk is taking the next step to empower female runners by launching the only women's marathon in the U.S. designed for and by women. Built to be accessible, empowering, and community building, the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon will take place in Savannah, Georgia on November 16, 2024. You can learn more and register for the marathon at everywomansmarathon.com. Number two, are y'all into or not into SAG-AFTRA's guidance on Halloween costumes this year? I'm sure you've heard about it, right? (laughs) Your hands went up, Andy. Tell me how you feel. Into it! Why are into you into it. this foolishness? Thank you. Thank you. I am not into it. No. I'm going to tell you not tell, into I it. I love it. Tell our listeners what it I is lo- first. Tell our listeners what this rule is. So SAG Afters board is encouraging members not to wear Halloween costumes that promote the work of the studios. So, so like you can't be Barbie. You can't shows. be Ken. Yeah. Exactly. Anything that is the work of the studio, don't be out here begging for candy and promoting the work of the AMPTP. So I just, you like it, Andy. Why do you like this? It seems dumb to me. Who is it helping? Who is it hurting? Uh, It's just pointless. I got got two reasons, two huge reasons. One of them is starve these studios of every possible bit of revenue. Starve them until they give the actors. I guess the studios get some revenue from the costumes, right? Yep. Licensing. Licensing. Starve them. So that's the big one. Number two, number two, if you can't dress up as Barbie, as Ken, whatever, what's left for you? What are the only movies out there right now that have a waiver from SAG actor? Yes, that's right. Dick's the musical. You have to dress up as the sewer boys. You have to dress up as the sewer boys. I want to see Margot Robbie as the sewer boys. Okay. I'm so sorry. Did you say sewer boys? Disgusting. They're not disgusting. They're gay culture. I will say this. I will say this. One, <laughs> not wearing that costume. Two, <laughs> when SAG after announced this rule, I thought it was an onion headline. I was like, this is a joke. Yeah. This is not yeah, yeah, real. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, it almost yeah. seems to hurt their credibility in these negotiations. I was just like, y'all are foolish. I agree with you. I feel as that look, I support my negotiating committee. I do believe and hope that when they are sitting across the table from the companies, they are bringing forth the gains we need to make acting a sustainable career for everybody who is not Tom Cruise and Margot Robbie. Okay? So, Mm -hmm. however, Tom Cruise as a sewer boy. Think about it. (laughs) 
<laughs> he would commit I to the bit. He would commit to the bit. He I'll would commit that. to the bit. He would grow a tail. <laughs> um, I, he would ask David Miscavige to spit ham into his face. <laughs> <laughs> Am I trying to say something, Andrew? Am I trying to say something? And then you want to bring up David Miscavige spitting ham? <laughs> okay. I fully think that you know, there are approximately 160,000 SAG-AFTRA members worldwide, okay? Yes. First of all, that's not even a big enough dent in the costume-using people on Earth for that yes. to make any kind of change, first of all. Second yes. of all, you know, I, 90% of actors are out of work at any given time, right? Like, it's hard They're to They're not buying costumes this year anyway. <laughs> also, Halloween is most actors' time to shine. They said, honey, I'm at the sewing machine. I've made something to measure. <laughs> this is yes. my time to be this creative is my moment. and put it to use. Yes. Let them have a moment. Let them have a moment. Because you said they're not buying anyway. Most people are out here making stuff with some toilet paper tubes and some <laughs> yep. leftover fabric. Well, like let a robot from Plan 9 or something? Absolutely. <laughs> and I said, let people do what they want to do. Let them do You're what they want to do. Because I'll tell you this, I'm not a Halloween costume person in general. I haven't been, but trust yeah. me, if I needed a look, I would grab some pink and say, I'm Black Bobby. And that would there just you be go. it. And that would be that it. That would just well, be yes. it. Yes. And like, it, it was such a shock to me to hear them announce this rule because since the start of the strike, SAG After has been winning the PR game. Everything they've done has been good. We love Fran Drescher. We're out on these picket lines. Yes, yes, yes. And it felt like they understood the comms PR game so much better than the studios did. And to mm -hmm. do this, it was just a dumb distraction. It felt off. It did. It, it felt, you know, it has a pettiness to it. There you That's go. I, I like it. That's why I love it. I love how petty it is. Uh-huh. Thank you. Call me Lori because I am petty. Thank you. Okay, call him Lori because he petty. What happened to him, Sam? Sometimes you take a white man into your heart and you change him. You change him profoundly, irrevocably. We love it. We love it. Uh, the talks have resumed this week. Mm -hmm. uh, there were yep. negotiations on Tuesday and Thursday. There's a new proposal put forward by the studios, but the streaming compensation seems to be one of the main sticking points still. So yep. we shall see. We shall see. Well, we shall see, but it has to be a sticking point because streaming is now like where that's people it. watch most that's of their the television. Economy. Like you can't, yes. you know, that's the economy. So it's like, you know, when I say it's like, run me my money. Okay. Bam. I was out walking my dog and ran into somebody who was a fan of Mythic Quest and they said, kind of surprised, oh, you live in this neighborhood? And I said, yes. <laughs> and that's, I said, yes. And that's why I'm on strike. Okay. Because <laughs> you as shocked as I is. You as shocked as I is. I ain't getting morning show money. <laughs> yes. Yes. Whew. Listen, I live in South Central LA. I'm with the people. With the pe <laughs> We're with the, with people. the people. Absolutely. Anywho, all right. Last question for y'all. This is some new factoids I learned just this morning. Some new information from the youths. Um, are y'all into or not into Gen Z? According to a new study out of UCLA, Gen Z saying that they want less sex on screen, not more. I'm not into it in not but not because I like a lot of sex because I am sex negative Sam Sanders okay I'm sex negative it's too viscous okay so that's me so perhaps I'm Gen Z it's more about this idea that TV or movies shouldn't tell a story in a certain way I'm not into it mm, okay. I'm into it tell me why Andy 
but for different reasons. I'm into it because I want to see how dumb culture can get. What is, what is the absolute bottom? Because this is Ooh. such a stupid take. The idea to like turn every single film or movie. You know what it would have made The Cook, The Thief, His Wife, and Her Lover? A noted NC-17 film by Peter Greenaway. Better? Less sex. Make it less adult. Make it more like a, a Bambi or any other. Make it Aladdin. I think it needed Robin Williams' voice as the genie in it. I think everything should be just lowest common denominator, stupid. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No sex, no adult themes, no existential journeys for anyone. Just someone has a dumb feeling, and then by the end of the film, the dumb feeling's gone, and everyone sits there happy eating ruffles, and we're ruffles. And culture's over. Not even popcorn <laughs> ruffles. Ruffles. Wow. They have ridges. Ruffles. For the ridges. Yes. Let me give you some more details from this report. It's out of UCLA. It's called the Teens and Screens Report, and they measured. I <laughs> know. Uh, they measured TV and film opinions of 10-year-olds to 24-year-olds, but they only asked questions about sex on screen to the teenagers and, and, and wait, like above. Wait, wait, sorry, can I? Yes. Wait, at what age wait, and wait, above? Wait, wait. 10 to 24 10? was the entire survey, but they saved the sex on screen questions for teenagers and up. Ah, okay. So the 10-year-olds didn't get those okay. questions. Okay, okay, that's okay. okay. And the, the data is pretty interesting. This study found that 51% of adolescents want to see more friendship and platonic relationships on screen. 44% of the youth survey said that they felt, quote, romance in media is overused. 39% wanted to see more aromantic or asexual characters. And 47.5%, almost half of these kids, said sex is not necessary to the majority of TV shows and movie plots. Huh. Okay, now this is interesting. Now yeah. I'm going to flip it. I'm going to flip okay. it and I'm saying I'm into it. Because something oh. I always find, you know, as a TV writer, something I'm constantly trying to like put forth is I'm like, can a female character be worthwhile and can she have a journey that is uh-huh. deemed valid without that journey being, I Sexual. want a relationship or yes. I've lost a relationship or exactly. will they, won't they? Like think about how many TV shows start with like, Girl finds boyfriend cheating. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and now yes. everything's changed. Yes. And it's like, now they're moving back to their hometown. Exactly. It's yeah. like everything. It's like all that. And I'm like, can we stop that? And I will say, when I think about the kids pushing back against so much sex on screen, I can't disagree with them. Because when you think about how we were getting sex on screen in our youth, it wasn't great. Do you remember American Pie? <laughs> Do you remember American Pie? <laughs> we thought that movie where Jason Bateman was having sex with a pie. Jason Biggs. Jason Biggs. Oh, this Lord. is Jason Biggs Eraser. <laughs> this is Jason Biggs Eraser. All this to say, we thought Jason Biggs having sex yeah. with a pie was good movie. Yeah. yeah, it was the height of comedy. Huh? Jim? It's not what it looks like. I think we have been over-sexualized by our TV and movies, and yeah. Gen Z is offering us a reset. This is what I want to see from, if we're going to change things, what I would like to change is just the kind of like stodgy, kind of missionary, Vaseline on the lens type sex, and have the whole panoply. You know what? What are you saying? I am saying that like (laughs) most sex on screen is just very tame. There's like one, maybe two positions and it's always heteronormative penetrative sex. And they can only have sex on screen if they're hot. Yeah. That's the (laughs) only way they get to have sex. Do lots of stuff. You can't be ugly having sex on screen. You know what? They don't let you do it. You know what was great about girls was 
the episode where Marnie got her ass ate in the Andrew, kitchen. This is a family podcast. In the kitchen yeah. by her husband. <laughs> because sometimes that happens. Sometimes Andy. it bees like that. I, Andy, I'm, actually like that. <laughs> I'm actually disgusted. I'm actually disgusted and I need you to stop this. So more, <laughs> I think more TV needs to, instead of just having stodgy missionary sex, Andrew. people eating each other's asses. And then I think Gen Z would be on board. Sam, I just Here's want to a, apologize. It's because, okay. you know, I don't, he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, for him to take this stance <laughs> and to be so graphic on a, on a family podcast, on your final episode of, a, your homegoing episode <laughs> on of the a home family going podcast episode. is out of pocket. It's rude. It's okay. Here's one thing I'm going to say though. Do yes. you think this Gen Z, reaction has to do with the fact that they are the generation that grew up with internet porn like there literally easy access no there paywall go. they got enough sex already anything. i get like, that or do they want it kids. or do they want hardcore yes. sex within their fiction do they want breaking bad and then in the middle of it walter white just has oh, like God. five minutes of oh, just God. the most graphic sex <laughs> with his wife <laughs> And then it gets back to the plot. Is that what they want? Wow. They don't. No, they don't. They want to watch the censored version of Breaking Bad on TikTok in two-minute chunks. <laughs> Last question. Knowing that Gen Z wants less sex on screen, what would you recommend they watch to satisfy this criteria? I would first and foremost recommend the classic film Milo and Otis. <laughs> <laughs> it's really sweet. Milo and Otis is sweet. It is classic. I think in that same vein, a lot, again, a lot of our childhood films, Free Willy would very oh, much yeah. fit under that. I mean, yeah. that's, that's an emotional journey. Okay, a boy and a whale. Boy you know what I mean? It's not, about, it's not about romance. Platonic. Platonic. There you go. I think they should Andy? watch the censored version of E2 Mama Tambien. <laughs> <laughs> We've reached the end of the game. I have to declare a winner. I'm going to confab with the team really quick, uh, virtually and digitally. But I think I want to announce that the winner of this episode is marriage. <laughs> this is the first time we've had a married duo play the game with us, and I want to say it was one of the best. The institution of marriage has won this game. Wow. Okay, wow. marriage, you're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Know, your, numbers, not... your numbers were dwindling. Thank you. Jada ruined y'all for a lot of people, so we back. We back trying to lift it up. Thanks again to Naomi Ekparrigan and Andy Beckerman. Comedians and hosts of the podcast, Couples Therapy. After the break, the culture that's been haunting us. Yes, a final culture geist. And then after that, a final goodbye. Culture geist. Culture geist. You're listening to Culture geist. Culture geist. I don't know, y'all. And now for a segment we're calling Culture Geist About all the things we can't stop thinking about The culture that's haunting you Haunting me Haunting all of us For better or worse Hi Sam, my name's Tim And my Culture Geist is from the movie Jerry Maguire Which I rewatched recently and of course, the famous scene is where he gets down on his hands and knees and says, show me the money. Show me the money. Show me the money. Yes. 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 Show me the money.
Louder! Show me the money! That's it, brother, but you got to yell that shit! Show me the money! I need to feel you, Jerry! Show me the money! Jerry, you better yell! Show me the money! But what people don't seem to remember is that he says the complete phrase, I love black people, show me the money. I love black people! And earlier in the same scene, he refers to himself with another client as Mr. Black People. He said, I don't know what it's like to be a black person. I'm Mr. Black People. <laughs> Why is this not the only thing that anybody talks about in regard to this movie? How does no one remember this? How did this part get left out of the scene? Show me the money! Congratulations, you're still my agent. Hey, Sam, this is Nicole from Austin, Texas, and my culture geist is from Mulan. Fa Mulan. Present. When the woman is trying to teach Mulan... Speaking without permission. Oops. ...how to be a lady, she says, pour the tea. Pour the tea. And every time my friends want to gossip, that's the only thing I think of, is this woman from Mulan saying, pour the tea. Pour the tea. And I say it at tables, and sometimes people know what I'm talking about, but most times I have to explain it. Hi, Sam. This is Emma. My culture geist is about the 2004 Kenny Chesney song, I Go Back. So this song was a huge hit. It peaked at number two on the country charts. It is a guy talking about how hearing particular songs takes him back to certain moments in his life. He refers to three songs specifically, Jack and Diane, Rockin' Me, and Only the Good Die Young. And I go back to the loss of a real good friend in the 16 summers I shared with him. Now only the good die young stops me in my tracks. Here is my thing about I Go Back. The reference to Only the Good Die Young comes in the lyric and I go back to the loss of a real good friend and the 16 summers I shared with him, now only the good die young, stops me in my tracks. The thing is, the song, Only the Good Die Young, has absolutely nothing to do with anyone actually dying young. Only the Good Die Young is about a guy trying to get a Catholic girl to sleep with him. Come out, Virginia, don't any wait. The Catholic girls start much too I Go Back was written by Kenny Chesney, and the music video is dedicated to the memory of a friend he had who did die at age 17, and far be it for me to tell someone what song should remind them of their deceased childhood friend. But are we to believe a song about a guy trying to get a Catholic girl to sleep with him really reminds Kenny Chesney of his friend who died young just because of the title? Really, it's a shame the Ban Perry song, If I Die Young, hadn't been released at this moment in time, because that would have been a perfect reference. Kenny, man, what is up with the Only the Good Die Young reference? It doesn't make sense. Hi, uh, my name is Catherine Van Arendonk. I'm a critic at Vulture. And the reality is that at any given moment, I am probably thinking about the Netflix television show Teenage Bounty Hunters, which ran for exactly one season in 2020. All right, girls, if you want to keep working with me, the assignment, bring in the fugitive. 
I think about it constantly. I think about it like you think about that one time you had a great sandwich and then you're just perpetually remembering how great that sandwich is and you'll never be able to get that sandwich back again. This is teenage bounty hunters to me. You know, you can go to the bathroom like a normal person. There's a gas station down the street. No. Bowser, it's really bad for you. I'm fine. Please just talk amongst yourselves, will you? What does it mean when you kiss with your eyes open? Okay, I'm out. It came out in 2020. It was canceled after one season. And it was brilliant. I've been thinking about it again mostly because one of its stars, Maddie Phillips, is in the current Amazon Prime series, Gen V, which is also good. And I recommend you watch it if you like teens and lots of blood. There's a lot of blood on that show. But it is not as good as Teenage Bounty Hunters. And the reality is that sometimes we have to come to accept that things can be good and they can end. And we have to hold both of those things in our heart together. And it is hard. But I am I am always mournful about Teenage Bounty Hunters and about the things that we have and then lose. Thanks again to friend of the show, Catherine Van Arendonk, and listeners, Emma, Nicole, and Tim. All right. Um, hello, listeners. Sam Sanders here in Torrance, California, just south of Los Angeles. I am in the parking lot of the Torrance Chuck E. Cheese, Charles Entertainment, if you're nasty. And I'm going to go inside to have a pizza party for one. Oh, wow. They're playing Kids Bop. Okay. Can you hear the children crying? (laughs) Oh, here we go. Oh, they have skee-ball. We're playing skee-ball. Oh, here we go. All right, listeners, I'm going to do the final credits for the final episode of Into It while playing skee-ball at a Chuck E. Cheese in Torrance, California. All right, Into It is, has been hosted by me, Sam Sanders. This show was produced by Janae West, Travis Larchuk, Gabby Grossman, Jelani Carter, and Taka Zinn, our fearless editor, is Rihanna Hochman. Our engineer is Daniel Turek. Our music is composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. And the executive producer of audio at Vox Media is Nishat Kurwa. Listeners, I want to thank all of you from the bottom of my heart for your listening to this show that we made for over a year and more than 100 episodes. It has been an honor and a joy and a privilege to get to know y'all through your tweets and your Instagram posts and your emails and your Culture Guys submissions. Uh, It's been a true joy. And I want to specifically thank the entire team that made this show for as long as we did. They're some of the best in the biz. I will miss all of them dearly, and I can't wait to see and hear what they do next. Um, I got 16,000 points, so I suppose now is a good place to uh, call it. Thank you all for listening. We'll talk soon, somehow, some way. Okay, bye.
have now left the Chuck E. Cheese. Spoiler alert, dear listeners, I did not get any pizza because I know my body. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prof G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prof G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Why do you run? Why does anyone? I always thought that runners loved running, and that's not the case. Most runners hate running, <laughs> but they choose to do it. In the new docu-series Running Sucks, brought to you by Team Milk, Abby Ayers learns why women runners everywhere are driven to go the distance. It really is about taking my power back and proving myself wrong. Team Milk is about fueling women's performance and helping them along their marathon journeys. You can sign up now for the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon, taking place in Savannah, Georgia, on November 16th, 2024. Learn more and register at everywomansmarathon.com.